Good to see everybody this morning. Good to be back in the house of the Lord. It does feel like it was a, quite a while since we were together worshiping. Praise the Lord. But as a pastor was talking a little bit or a bit ago about uh, the Sanctity of Life Sunday, uh, last week was going to be uh, the, the Sunday that we talked about it because it happens the Sunday before the uh the tuesday was uh the anniversary of the day where roe v wade, wade took place so uh the sunday before is when uh, sanctity life is so that's uh what our message is going to be focused on this morning and uh, y'all just uh bear with me and pray for me that i can uh, uh with the lord's help uh bring it forth as he sees fit because it truly is uh one of the greatest probably messages outside of his resurrection uh, that, that you can think of talking on just about life and how God cherishes life and the importance of life to God. It, it is so important. It can't stress it enough, the importance of life. Uh, so this morning, uh, taking you to the, to the Word, I want to uh, read uh, Jeremiah 1 and 5, starting with, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time, amen, amen. Beginning of Jeremiah 1 and 5, it reads, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And going from there to Genesis 1 and 27, it reads like this. It says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Male and female. That lets us know right there, for everyone who believes in the Word of God and believes the Scripture is true, God created man and woman, and it was his creation in his likeness. Now, I know there's some states coming out now that want to omit the sex of, of a birth of a baby, just so that later on, maybe when they're five or six years old, they can decide what they feel like. That's, that's happening. That's going on in this nation. They want to omit the sex of a child on the birth certificate. They want it omitted and left blank until a future time when that toddler feels like they know what they are. But according to Scripture, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. That settles it right then and there. That settles it right then and there. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the worship. Lord, it has gone up before you. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord, as we attempt to bring forth your word to the people today, Lord, just use me as, as your mouthpiece, Lord, and give me the words to say that it can go out, Lord, and bless someone and be a hope, Lord, and be an encouragement, Lord, and, and to let everyone know that life is so cherished, Lord Jesus, and, and you cherish life so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen, amen. So this morning, uh, thinking on these things, we want to uh, speak to you about life is to be cherished. Life is to be cherished. Uh, uh, from, the, from a time of conception, life is to be cherished. And no one cherishes life more than God himself, for he is a creator. He is a creator of life, and he loves his creation. And think of how God must feel seeing all the killings 
and all the disregards of human life that goes on in this present time around the world. He created everything from precious babies even to the animals. He has created it all. And there seems to be an overwhelming lack of concern for God's creation. But if you can think of it from God's point of view, have you ever created something or been a part of something that uh, it was like a creation, like a lot of scientists, they create things, they make things, and it severely offends them if somebody comes and destroys it, if someone tears it apart, you know, or, or severely damages it, messes it up. When you yourself has physically created something, you're a part of it, you, you put your heart in it, it means something to you, there's value there to it. It's no different when God, hallelujah, glory, than, than precious life. There's no different with God. It's His life. It's, it's the life that He created in in this in this world. This world that He created. It's precious to Him. It's valuable to Him. It means something to Him, and it hurts Him when people just totally disregard it, and 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 ladies just totally disregard it and having an, having an abortion. It hurts Him to that they don't have the understanding that they maybe they need before they make that mindset up. Maybe they were lied to, or that maybe it was just a choice at a at a certain bad part time in their life but it still nonetheless it hurts god when these things happen it, it hurts god and praise the name of the lord god is a creator and it matters to him praise the name of the lord as one pastor put it you have to have a birthday to experience john 10 10 the thief and everyone probably knows this the scripture verse the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy I come that they might have life and ha- that they might have it more abundantly. If you don't ever have a birthday, you can't ever have that born-again experience. You can't ever have that opportunity. You must first be given that chance to have that birthday that you may be born again. Then you can experience what John 10.10 10 is talking about. Praise the name of the Lord. I have uh, some uh, statistics here that I'd like to uh, to give you. Uh President Ronald Reagan first issued a proclamation on January 13, 1984 for the uh, National Sanctity of Life Sunday. Uh, and Chris has a slide that uh, he was going to put up. Now, I was going to do this last week. So uh, you see the numbers there. This is the number of abortions that has taken place since Roe v. Wade uh, had started. Now, last week, the number was 60,989,816. Last week when I did this, this counter, if anyone uh, has your smartphone or you want to look it up sometime, numberofabortions.com, it, uh, it has the, the number of abortions, and it's a constant uh, counting clock that continues to go up. It never stops. And you see the numbers there. Uh U.S. abortion clock dog or puts it like this. This year so far, 47,787 so far in the USA. And we see as of this morning, that number is at 67,610. And that difference is because I did my study on this last week. So in a one week's time, this, that's what the number changed to. And since he put, since he put that up there, the number has changed to... 67,798 and climbing. So it's changed just since just since I gave Chris that this morning to put up there and he saved that image. That's how it's going up. Uh, 
So it goes up quite, quite rapidly, quite quickly. Uh, 463 was due to rape or incest. 2,294 after 16 weeks of gestation. And so far, after 16 weeks of gestation, this current to be current right now, as we're talking, 3,254 uh, at gestation. There's always this talk of when does life begin or when is it okay to have abortion. And Pastor talked about the governor of New York and that situation going on. But at 16 weeks of gestation, let me read this to you and see what you feel like this is like. The body is fully formed. The fingers and toes have fingerprints and nails. The baby is about five inches long and weighs three ounces, about the size of a large avocado. The baby is moving about, may grasp for the umbilical cord, suck its thumb, and capable of making facial expressions and kicking the amniotic sac. The heart, the circulatory system, and the urinary tract are fully functioning, and blood is already pumping through their tiny veins. The eyes are in their proper position, and the baby can see straight ahead and blink their eyelids. The genitals have been formed. In the case of a girl, the uterus has already developed, and the ovaries are in the proper place. Does that sound like a blob of tissue to you? Praise the name of the Lord. So as we've read, as we get, I've given you the clock there as it continues to climb and go up. Let me give you this, let me give you this little bit of information. 60 plus million is a lot of people. Here's a way to think about it. Take the population of Georgia plus the population of Michigan. Add the population of Virginia plus the population of Nebraska. Add the population of Nevada. Include the population of Iowa. Add the population of South Dakota. Then add the population of Rhode Island. Take the population of Arizona plus the population of Oregon. Add the population of Kansas. Include the population of Vermont plus the population of Mississippi. Then add the population of Alaska. That's quite a few states. That would total approximately be 60 million people. 14 states wiped out, vanished, gone that's what the, that's what the numbers will be equal to think about that that's what we've done in america since 1973 and the clock is still going there's much more we can do in the kingdom of god to try to get forth the message out and and across that there's a there is life that we can choose there is a there is a better way take the, take this uh, little example here doctor Dr. L.A. Agnew, professor at the UCLA Medical School, gave his students a question. What would you recommend? The father has syphilis. The mother has tuberculosis. They've already had four children. One is blind. The second one died. The third is death. The fourth has TB. The mother is now pregnant with her fifth child. The parents are willing to have an abortion. If you decide they should, what do you think they should do? The majority of the class voted that she should have an abortion. Then Dr. Agnew said, congratulations, class. You have just murdered Beethoven. For that was the circumstances of his home. That's, wh that's what would have transpired and happened. 
And those are some numbers and statistics that I can give you this morning about abortion uh, that's happening and going on. And we're ever, cha- we're ever changing and, and trying to just, uh, before long, it'll just be letting the baby be born and just outright killing it, just outright being murdered just after it's born instead of letting the baby form. There's so much more that we can do, it's, but it's more than just abortion. There's a, uh, an euthanasia that's going on. There's suicides that goes on. There's things that happen, and people think that it's so, it just let's take the life instead of cherishing the life. It seems today there's a growing number of human beings that no longer respect life. There's a darkness that overshadows so many people that they can they could simply care less about whether people around them live or die. I've seen video of uh, someone hurt on the sidewalk or on the side of the road, and bystanders just simply walk by them, never bothering to stop and, and see if they're okay, show concern for human life. They may need medical attention. They may need help, but they walk on by like they care less that they could be there dying. What causes this attitude? What is it that people just don't want to help others when it's life or death on the line? The lack of concern for human life is astounding in the world today. Uh, There is a report that came out that I read uh, a few days ago. It's about a 19-year-old man who's being charged with the death of his girlfriend's toddler. She was four years old. And he's being charged up because she had spilt some juice on his Xbox system while he was babysitting her. And uh, he, he was so mad and thought so much more over this Xbox system that he severely beat her, kicked her down a hall, uh, just tortured this little young toddler, four years old. And then after she was knocked unconscious by him, he took her to the hospital and claimed she had just passed out from a fall, and which was n- not the truth in the case. After the police had questioned him, he admitted and told what he did, what I just described to you that he had done to her. And it's very sad that her precious life was snuffed out by, by a young man who thought more of his Xbox game system than that, that little girl. That's what we're facing. It's more than abortion anymore. It's things like this, and it's, it's story after story like that. It doesn't take long. You can find these things. The lack of concern for human life is so astounding. But God cherishes life, and he expects us, his creation, to cherish life also. It's not for us to take into our own hands to take life away from a little one, whether it be abortion, from a little toddler to a beating death like this, from just murdering people out left and right. It's not for us to decide to take someone's life. It's God's decision. He is the one that puts the clock. Like Brother Wayne was talking about this morning, God set the clock. He's the one that decides when it's birth and, and when your time is gone. It's his decision. It may hurt us. It may be sad. It may be tough, but it's still not our choice. It's not up to us. It's up to God. Back during the time of Noah, uh, this this kind of violence and, and evilness was rampant, and God decided to end His creation because He was He was heartbroken with them back then, and He was upset with it. And y'all recall that that's what caused the flood, that because of the evilness and, and it was going on. But after the flood uh, that had transpired in Noah and his, and his family of eight was saved, uh, there's something happened. And let's read Genesis chapter eight. Beginning in verse 20. Praise the Lord. I want to, want to show you here a change of heart that God had after the flood. 
Praise the Lord. Then Noah built an altar. This is after the flood was done, and they had come out, uh, and he had uh, taken all the livestock uh, that he had taken onto the ark with him. They all come out. And then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, God and cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. That was uh, what God had decided after the flood, that he smelt that aroma, that burnt offering that Noah had offered him, and he made his mind up right then and there that man was not going to change. He knew it. He knew his heart was evil from the beginning, but he vowed to never again destroy the earth by flood. Judgment will one day, once again, come, but it will not be by flood uh, like it was then. With, and without going into the entire way. Noahic covenant that he that he had that he gave Noah uh, for times that we'll talk about the sacredness of life that was a part of that after the after the flood had had done and was gone uh, this uh, covenant God made with uh, with Noah we're going to read in Genesis 9 5 and 6 surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning from the hand of every beast I will require it and from the hand of man from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made him. So God had made this covenant with Noah that there was going to be consequences when you take someone else's life. God cherished life. He cherished the livestock's life, the creepy crawly thing, everything in the ocean. Everything that he created, he cherished it so much, although he destroyed it because of what is happening and taking place. And just like what was going on in the days of Noah is existing now. God could bring judgment on this entire world now for all that is done and all that's transpiring and going on. He's not yet done it. Time has not been fulfilled. It's, it's in his time to, to handle it and take, take control of that. It's not for us to decide anything anything like that and god will at his to due time see see to it that his plan is fulfilled but up until then we are to cherish life and life is not ours to take we as humans don't give life and we cannot take that authority away the one thing popped in my mind was uh, sometimes your mama may tell you i brought you into this world and by god i'll take you out <laughs> Well, that's not necessarily true. She might be irritated with you at the time, but she'd have some reckoning with God to contend with if she actually done that. <laughs> but uh, life is not for us to take. This includes euthanasia also. These mercy killings are not okay by God. Doctor-assisted death is not okay by God. I read a story just this morning, and I didn't have time to get uh, all of it written down, but I recall it was there's a doctor in Ohio uh, that is now becoming under investigation because 28 people have died under his care where he's given overdose uh, of the op opioids. Uh, it was uh, um, fentanyl. fentanyl. Y'all heard of that? And I've heard some of that stuff. You can just almost touch it, and it just knock you on the floor. 
Well, this doctor is now under investigation because he, he uh, has given overdose amounts to people that he thinks is not suitable to live. Uh, there was one man that uh, he had had breathing trouble, and his wife took him to the hospital, and uh, they, he wound up going kind of unconscious or something, and then they led uh, his wife and family to believe that he was going to be brain dead, so the doctor gives him a lethal dose of this fentanyl medicine. He's under investigation now. Lack of concern for human life. This man, That man didn't have a choice. He went to the hospital thinking he's going to get checked out and things are going to be okay. No, it ain't like he searched it out, but there's those that want to search out the end of the, their end of their days like they come up with a cancer and they just don't want to deal with it. That's not for us to decide. It may. It, it is a sad situation when anyone comes down with an incurable disease like cancer or something, but the best thing we can do is pray to God, have those around us pray on our behalf, and try to get a healing from God. Amen. Hallelujah. We should pray for the healing and not and not uh, just consider taking taking our life. I reminded I was reminded of uh, Brother Johnny Biggs, how uh, uh, Brother Shoulders uh, said that. Uh, brother brother Biggs, you know, was getting sick and on up, and the, his last time that he uh, talked to him, they were real good friends. Uh, bro, uh, brother Shoulders was there with him, and Brother Johnny said, you know, I want you to pray that the Lord just take me on. I'm ready to go. Don't uh, pray for healing no longer. Pray that the Lord, you know, just take me on. I'm ready to see him. He didn't, he didn't try to get, to get some type of euthanasia, uh, mercy killing. He didn't go searching out some drug to end his life. He trusted in the Lord. He believed in the Lord up until the end. And when it finally come down that he knew, he must have felt in his heart that the time was getting close. He, be, he reached out to his friend and said, hey, don't take, you know, I'm uh, not verbatim here, but don't take this wrong. Don't get hurt by it, but just pray for me that the Lord will take me on and take me on to glory, and I'll see you again in glory. And that's our hope today. No matter what comes our way, we may go out by cancer, but one day we will be in glory with our family, our friends, and, and Jesus himself that, that gave us that, that second opportunity of life to be born again. We do, we are, when we're born again, we have that extra hope, that second chance that we will live live and not just we won't be gone and be just into some oblivion and just life is ended. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think nobody here believes that once you pass on that it's just it. You're just gone like a vapor in the wind. It's not it. There's more to it. That's why we stay strong. We strive. We keep going forward. We keep praying. We keep sinking. And when those life tragedies come in our way, we don't let them get us down. We don't check out. We stay, we stay on fire for God. And if, if he, yes, hallelujah. If he brings us through it, he brings us through it, and we'll give a good testimony report. And if he don't, well, we go to our grave knowing where we're going. We go to our grave knowing where we're going. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise in the name of the Lord. Like I'm talking about, it's more than just abortion. It's not our choice to decide these end of our life times. In Isaiah, the scripture reads like this. Isaiah 46, verses 3 and 4. Let's, let's look at this. Listen to me, O house of Jacob. And all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been upheld by me from birth, upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. Woo, glory. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. That is your hope to your gray hairs. He's going to carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. 
He, God is going to take care of you no matter what, even to your gray hairs. He's going to take care of you. He's going to see you through. Don't ever think about checking out. If somebody, a friend, a family, a relative comes to you and, and things talks that way, this is a good scripture to give to them. This is good scripture to, to, to speak a testimony to them. Give them a good word of encouragement. Even to old age, he is there. He will deliver you, take care of you. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's look at Psalms. In chapter 48 and verse 14, we'll give you this short scripture here. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. It don't say it no clear, no plainer to that. When we are born, then it is God's time clock that we're on. It, there, there was another story that, uh, that I was reminded of. It's a precious baby that was born. And I'm sure the parents, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure the parents were probably told, you just need to abort this child because it's not going to live. But the, the, the child came and was born, and it lived one week. And the parents got to hold that child for one week's time. And, that, and that's heartbreaking, and that's hurtful. But when that child was born, it was on God's clock. It was God's choice in his time whether that when that child had passed. And it's hurtful to us as human beings. And God knows what, our, what we are. He created us. He knows what we think and feel. And it's hurtful to think of us precious newborn like that, just an infant that they can't make it past a week. But it's God's plan. It's God's choice. We may not understand it, but it's not necessary for us to understand the seasons and times of God. It's, we just have to acknowledge him and, and what his seasons are. And just those parents, hopefully they can just cherish that week that they have with that baby and just love it and know, hopefully, I hope they know that one day they'll see that precious child again. One day they should see their precious child again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For this is God, God our Father forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. We have a guide today until the end. No matter how long that our life shall be, we have a guide. Will you go to your guide in need? Will you go to your God when it comes time? Praise the name of the Lord. It is very important to know that although God is stern on life and he cherishes it so much and there are some harsh consequences for for life, but God's uh, sacredness of life that he cherishes so much, if anyone has shed innocent, innocent blood from abortion to euthanasia or any other reason uh, that, that a life has been taken, even the young man that I told you is 19 years old, there's still hope for that young man. He can repent for what he has done if he's witnessed to and he changes his heart and he's sincere. There is hope as long as you have life in your body, as long as you're breathing. You can make amends for something that you've done. The sins of our body are not unforgivable. God will forgive the sins that you commit against your body or sin against someone else. He is just to forgive you. He has told you that he will do that for you. Yes, he is just. Praise the name of the Lord. And he will forgive you, and he will see you through, and he will take care, he will take care of you through all of your days. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, Pastor, you can be coming on back up. G Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just wanted to leave you with this last thought there, that Jesus Christ went to the cross for all. It's a shed, he shed his blood for the sins of the entire world. And you, there is forgiveness today for each and every one who has ever sinned anything. But we need to cherish life. We always need to keep, keep focus and the forethought of life in us. Anytime we see someone in need, if you can, I thought I was going to see a major crash uh, Friday 
a guy had run off the road, and he was way off. I mean, dust was coming up, and I was already backing out of it, thinking I was going to have to come to a stop because the first thought of my mind is if I see that thing go end over end and just start rolling, I'm going to have to get out and check and call 911. That was in my mind already, and that's where we have to be. We have to be always ready and on guard. Be, be exact. I could not just go on by. I could not say, well, boy, that don't look good for him, and just going by. But he, fortunately, he saved it. He didn't wreck. He straightened up, and after the dust cleared, we all went through it, and, it, you know, he went on his merry way. But we need to cherish life just like God cherishes life, and he cherishes each and every one of us and throughout this world. Amen. Hallelujah.